Hey team, welcome back to How to Live the Podcast. We are your hosts, Jess and Steph Dadon, and it is an absolute pleasure to be in your ears today. It sure is. I hope you are having a wonderful week. Jess and I actually are having quite a calming zen week this week because we have both decided to do a meditation workshop. We are so excited. So it's a four-day course. It's a Vedic meditation course. Which is similar to transcendental meditation, if you've heard of that. Yeah. So basically it's four consecutive days, two hours per day. So Steph's doing hers in the morning and I'm doing mine at night. So we're actually Doing it together, but not really doing it together. Like a shared side-by-side journey, which I just feel like describes us in life anyway. Exactly. (laughs) And essentially they give you a mantra. So they give you a word to use in meditation where you say it over and over in your head. And you train with them a little bit over the course of the week and then they let you off and fly. And then the idea is that you continue meditating 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night. For as long as we both shall live. Yes, I'm very excited about this. We went to an information evening on it last week and the woman who is running it has such an unbelievable energy that at the end she was like, so I have two spots left for next week. And we were like, yep, yep, right here. We'll take them, we'll take them, hands up. There are about 10 people in the information session and like Steffi and I were just like, oh no, those two spots are ours. Also really funny. I actually don't know if I told you this, that I was chatting to our mum yesterday and I realised that I did transcendental meditation when I was 18 years old, our mum and dad went to this course. And for some reason, they also brought me and my brother along one day and they gave us a mantra. And it's the only other time that I've ever meditated with a mantra. So yeah, I've been doing this since I was eight. What up? You guys were so ahead of your time. And I feel like our parents were so ahead of their time by like encouraging their seven-year-old to do that. I know. Love that. So let's get into today's episode with the wonderful two of us. But before we do, make sure you stick around to the end of the episode to hear who Who's on next week? It's an amazing one. I promise you want to stick around. And here is us. Okay, guys. So today we're really excited about this episode. We're actually talking to you about a very hot topic that gets brought up A lot amongst our workplace team. A lot amongst these four pink walls. And that is workplace culture. Yeah, so I always have this thing where I like to say that surely nine to five was like created by some dude in the 1800s. And actually today I decided to Google that because I was like, well, I wonder who did create, in fact, the nine to five. And guess what, you guys? Was it some dude in the 1800s? It was apparently like created by American labor unions. Mm, What's that? In the 1800s. But then really Henry Ford solidified it in the 1920s. Thank you so much, Henry Ford. Yeah. So that's pretty accurate. And I guess we like to kind of live our lives by questioning things. And the second that the answer to a question that we're asking becomes, it's because it's always happened this way. That is the perfect moment to pause, reflect and change. We believe anyway. So we have actually been pretty lucky that we have worked for ourselves for most of our adult lives and we feel like we've been given this awesome opportunity to kind of like design what we want our lives to look like. So, you know, we never really had an office, we never really had set hours but over the last couple of years as we've started to build a team and we do in fact 
have an office despite it being very pink and fun and not officey like it is still technically considered an office we've had to kind of think about all of these things and what do we want our workplace to look like yeah and I think like in the beginning we didn't even realize that we were supposed to have conversations like that and so it kind of by default became a nine to five like very kind of typical working hours and what we were finding is that we weren't really being that productive within the four walls of our office from nine to five. And then once we started to kind of ask around and research, we realized that most people aren't actually productive within those hours. And the ridiculous thing is that like the average person that works within those hours only actually does something like three and a half hours worth of actual work a day, which is just crazy. Like why are we spending eight hours at the office if that's all the work that we're doing? We should go out there and have fun for the rest of the time. Yeah. And like we started to kind of like do a little bit of research and we'd heard that like in Sweden, they'd had this trial where they had like six hour work days and, you know, the Finnish prime minister has suggested that like six hour work days and four day work weeks would be more effective. And so we were like, hang on, like, why are we just doing this? Because it's always been done. Let's stop and rethink this for a second. And how could a workplace actually be the most effective place for people to work? Yeah. And we actually found this really, really excellent article called Your Lifestyle Has Already Been Designed. Oh, this one went around the company Slack channel like six months ago and we were all just like, preach. Yeah. And essentially what it says is that nine to five was basically created to keep us as a society like just vaguely dissatisfied with life so that we don't really have time for the outside of work things that make us happy. So we're constantly needing to search for things that we can buy in order to make us happy or watch TV so we can watch the commercials and buy things to make us happy. So basically created to drive consumerism, which could sound like a bit of a conspiracy theory, but like when you really think about it, Like, is anyone really happy when most of their life is being taken up by work and when that workplace that they're going to every day feels like so dreary and boring and a place where they like have to leave all of their feelings and emotions and human qualities at the door? Yeah. And I think the thing is there is no right answer. And I think that often when there is no right answer, people just shy away from it and they're like, oh, then let's just let it be. Like, you know, let's just go continue with the nine to five because it's been working up until now. But I think it's actually a really exciting opportunity to kind of reimagine what workplaces could look like and how we could more efficiently work and also just like be happier human beings. Mm. Radical idea. It's a really radical idea, being happy. So I think there are like a bunch of things that we have done in our own workplace that we feel like are kind of working towards a new way of being and working. So we kind of wanted to chat about those today. And, you know, for us, it's like always about learning and evolving and growing. And like we by no means feel like we have it perfect. In fact, sometimes we feel like it just ends up being a little bit of a nine to five Monday to Friday. And we're like, ah, how do we stop this from happening? So today we just kind of wanted to share with you what we've been doing. We wanted to start the conversation. We want to hear what you've been doing or any ideas other people have just so like together we can basically build a new kind of workplace. So something that we've more recently started to offer our team is five weeks paid annual leave. In Australia, it's typical to give four weeks paid annual leave. And I think in the US, it's like only two weeks, which is just crazy for Aussies who like need at least four weeks holiday. Yeah. And I think this comes from the idea that 
first and foremost, oh, there's so much we could talk about here, but I think first and foremost, we really want to view our team members as people. So we don't just want them to be like soldiers working away at our business. And I think that that sounds like a nice idea that it's like, oh, you guys live in this like fairy tale land. But look, at the end of the day, in our experience, and I know in a lot of other people's experience, when people feel valued and satisfied within their life, they perform better at work. So it's not just this really nice fluffy idea. It also ultimately, we feel, will result in a more productive working environment. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? That like, I feel like so many companies are so short-sighted and they're like, oh no, like I can't let them be humans here because then I'll give them an inch and they'll want to take a mile. Like if you really think about it, like happy satisfied, relaxed people. Like when do you do your best work? I do my best work when I'm happy, relaxed and satisfied. Like I think that like pretty much all of us do, but like a workplace driven by fear and like anxiety is not when anyone's going to be producing the best work. Yeah. That's not conducive to like excellent ideas. Mm. And so the kind of paid annual leave thing came from personally, we love to holiday. We love a we holiday. We freaking love to holiday. Like my favorite way of working is working very hard and then a holiday and then working very hard and then a holiday. And I think like often, you know, when you're on holiday, you get inspiration for things as well. Like it really does recharge you. And I think that in a lot of workplaces, they'll say, oh, you have this amount of leave. But I know I have so many friends who are like, I don't want to ask for paid leave then because like I just feel bad about asking for it and we are just like screw that like this leave is here for you to take it like nobody has to ever come to us and justify why they're taking their days off nobody has to like be putting in for their leave months in advance and like obviously that's a really big plus for us of being a small business is that we can be nimble but the thing is we're building trust with the people that we employ and we know that if they've got something big that they're working towards or if there are big events on and things they're not gonna just like want to take holidays during that time. Totally. And another thing that we kind of notice through working with people is sometimes they feel down and we're talking about mental health here, but we're not saying like it's when someone's experiencing like extreme mental health, but as people just generally, like we all have days where we feel really down and shit. And I think that we in this kind of working environment try to view that as the equivalent of being sick. So it's like, I have a cold, so I can't come to work. I feel really sad and I can't get out of bed, so I can't come to work. And Mm. I think that like there needs to be a shift in mentality around what mental health is versus, I don't know, is it called physical health? Well, when you're like actually have like a cold kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. There needs to be a shift and like to recognize that those are the same things. It's like your insides are screwed and your outsides are screwed and that is okay. So to be able to offer sick days and things like that and recognize those as mental health things as well as physical health. I think that that's a really important thing. For sure. Like I think as a woman, like you can't ignore that. Like you've got your period, like A lot of us, like I know I have it for like a day a month. I'm so physically exhausted from having my period and I just like feel all over the place. And like, honestly, if I were to come to the office and try to work through that, I'm not going to be getting anything done effectively and I'm just going to feel shit. And the next day I'm going to have less energy. Whereas if you can kind of just like embrace those moments and go, okay, you know what? I'm not feeling great. 
I'm just going to take a day. But why don't people view that as a sick day? Like, yeah, I know. Why, that is like, a sick day. That's a sick day. Yeah. Like, you feel shit. So you feel sick. Like, yeah. those are the same things to me. Yeah, they're totally the same things. But I think even in some workplaces, the culture is, oh, don't take a sick day. I'm like, yes. Elliot, my boyfriend, always has like 20 sick days at the end of the year. I'm like, mate, what are you doing? Like, yeah, you've like, been sick throughout this period. Why didn't you take any? Yeah, exactly. Like, if you are sick, like, I hate it when people show up to the office and they're like half dying and they're coughing. It's like nobody wants you getting them sick and nobody wants you here if you're not feeling well. We would all be much better off if like when we're working, we're dedicated to working and when we're not, that's okay. Like we've also said to our team, like, look, if it's 3 p.m. and you are just sitting at your desk pretending to work. I reckon everyone pretends to work. Everyone pretends to work. And we actually sat down. So we do quarterly reviews with our employees and we sat down with them in December and we actually had this discussion because we wrote a list of all the things that we feel like we are trying to create, but it's not actually happening. So one of the things was we said to them like, do you know when you're just sitting at your desk and it's like 2 or 3 p.m. and you've gotten your stuff done and now you're just not in the mood and you're just sitting there not getting anything done, pretending to work? And they were like, yes. Like we have this open relationship with our employees. Mate, even I know how that feels. I know, of course. I know how that feels too. I like feel guilty that I'm like, oh, everyone's working so I'm not allowed to leave. I'll just sit here. Yeah, like I'll just like sit here and pretend to work. And it's not that like we don't have anything to do. Like, yeah, my to-do list is really long but it's like my immediate to-do list like is done and now like I just want to go outside and have a bit of fun. Exactly. Or like I just like not feeling like I'm in the zone. Like what is the point in that person sitting there and pretending to work for like two hours instead of just being like, right, you know what? I'm done for the day. I'll be back tomorrow. And I also think that along with that kind of like comes this like weird guilt. And I know that like I've experienced it and we often talk about it in our office and we've heard other people say this. Oh my God, I feel so guilty. Yeah. Like even when workplaces say like, oh, we have flexible working hours and oh, you can go and work from home or whatever. It's like when everyone around the office has their head down and working, then like, I don't want to be the only one that like leaves. It's kind of like, I feel like indebted to everyone. Yes. And one of the girls actually brought that up as well in her view was like, oh, but I often see that another person is like working really hard. So I feel like I have to be doing that as well. And it's like, no, no, that's all good. Like you don't have to concern yourself with what other people are doing. And I think also like in that situation, it's like they work on very different things. And I know like even for you and me, like we work on very different things. Like I am on the design side. So like when I need to get a collection in for production, I'm working really hard. I'm working really long hours. But then when we're launching a product, I actually don't have anything to do. And that's the time that you're working really hard. So I think just like recognizing that everyone has different roles and everyone busy in different periods and it's not a reflection on like your work ethic or your self-worth or anything like that. Yes, so true. You touched on there like that your role is often creative, you're often designing. Like I think there's this expectation that we all have to be in an office all the time, you know, like if you're in the office and we can see you, then you're getting things done. Again, having a small team, like it's pretty great for us that we have the flexibility to like not always have to be in the office, but you would think that makes so much sense. And yet the team of like six of us maximum if we're at our busiest, we still all feel this like invisible guilt to be here in the office. But something we really encourage even ourselves to do is if you're doing something creative, like go where you are going to find creative inspiration. You know, like if I am doing the wording for our product descriptions for a new collection, I'm not just going to sit in here and stare at the walls. Like I'm going to like immerse myself in somewhere that reminds me of that collection. I'm going to put headphones on. I'm going to blast music that reminds me of that. And like, you know, 
you've got to get into a creative mindset. Not everything can be done within the four walls of an office. And I also think like being able to recognize that as work and that you can do that within work hours is like a really big hurdle because I still don't think for most people they've kind of gotten their head around that. If I'm like designing a collection and I like see something on at the NGV, which is like this amazing gallery in Melbourne, if I see something there that kind of relates to the collection, shouldn't I, being an employee now, I'm not talking about a boss because I guess it's a bit different, but shouldn't I as an employee who designs view going to the NGV and seeing that collection as part of my work because it will then inform the way that I am designing. Mm, And I think so many workplaces would see that as like you can do that in your own time or like maybe that's like enjoyable for you. Yeah, and it is enjoyable. Yeah. Like that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Like this should be enjoyable. Like work should be enjoyable. That's when people are going to be really effective. Something else that we talk about a lot but it's actually been an interesting journey for us is kind of bringing vulnerability into the workplace. And I'm going to be honest with you, like five years ago, I reckon we were pretty like poker face about the shit that went down with us. And we were like, you know, we'd have people working with us and like, we wouldn't tell them about what shit was going on in our personal lives, you know, because we're their boss and like, it should all be very professional and that sort of thing. But now there's definitely been a huge shift within us generally, but also in how we view our workplace in that like, it should be an open, vulnerable space where everybody feels comfortable to voice their concerns, stresses, opinions, whatever it be. Mm. And we started kind of introducing vulnerability in the workspace on a personal level, you know, like kind of sharing personally, but it's actually taken a while for that to like trickle into being vulnerable in work. So having someone be comfortable enough to come in and say, look, I'm actually super overwhelmed by my workload and it's giving me anxiety and it's really stressing me out and I need your help on how to fix it because I just can't keep going. Well, and do you know why? Is because I feel like in our culture, in our society, it's actually a sign of weakness to show that vulnerability. Like if you are struggling, then you are weak and you should be strong. You know? Yeah. I have a friend recently who like cried to her boss and it kind of resulted in like this complete shift in how she was being treated and she ended up being treated really awfully by this person that she had opened up to because she'd opened up to her. Like what a crazy, crazy scenario. That is not how things should be happening. Mm, It's interesting. I actually read like a very short book on this recently. There's something called the Feminist School of Business or their web addresses like sister.is and they have this little book and it's all about rethinking the things that we value within a workplace and they talk about how like at the moment you know we all have like feminine and masculine qualities within us all of the qualities that we really value and see as strength are masculine qualities so things like power individualism competition like being in it completely for yourself and I think that goes along with like don't be vulnerable don't show weakness like that's weak whereas the more feminine qualities that they're kind of proposing that we should be bringing into the workplace are things like honesty and empathy and generosity and it's like nobody is actually happy 
with those more masculine qualities. Like nobody is happy when they're only looking out for themselves and, and it's a really competitive environment. And like putting on a brave face. Yeah, like exactly. No one was ever happy putting on a brave face. No, all that we're happy is that like, oh, okay, like my granddad's going to be happy with me because I'm a strong man. Like it's bullshit. And I think it's obviously because work has been dominated by men for such a long time. And I think it's this amazing opportunity now that women are really rising into the workplace and into the executive levels because women are naturally more nurturing and caring and open. And I think that as women, we need to stop feeling like we need to bring those masculine qualities in order to be respected. And, you know, we need to negotiate like men and we need to put our men caps on. And likewise, men need to let go of that as well. And men need to stop thinking that they have to like shy away from their vulnerable side because we all have it. And when we all bring that to the table, that's when we have a collaborative nurturing environment that not only we all thrive in, but also like the business by result ends up thriving as well. Great, sister. I love that. That was so good. <laughs> I feel like I got really worked up in there. Yeah, it was awesome. I loved it. And something from that, actually, we introduced on Friday afternoons now, we used to kind of like maybe go out for a drink with the team, I think is like quite typical, or we would have dessert sometimes. But now we've introduced this thing that we call Friday snaps, where we have this jar and everyone writes like a little notes just like complimenting or recognizing someone from the team and what they've done this week so like it might be something like oh my god like you really rocked that event like you killed it go girl or it might be like wow I loved your outfit on that day yeah like we work in a fashion office guys like come on we we will talk about outfits like well done for landing this new wholesaler or whatever it is the new collection looks awesome I loved your EDM that you did those are the types of things that come up yeah and like instead of like going out for a drink and getting smashed on a Friday like we'll sit around and often like we'll have a few drinks and a cheese platter and whatever but it's just like a really nice time to like be open and reflect and somebody came in last year and they ran like a bit of a workshop for us and everybody got a little bit open and vulnerable and it's funny because you realize like you never stop and actually like say to the people that you are working with every single day like hey you did a really good job on this or like I think you're really good at these things like maybe you get those compliments from your boss sometimes but to say it like peer to peer I actually think is like really special like even me and you like to be able to sit there and say like oi I think you're so awesome at this like that's kind of cool and it definitely doesn't happen enough in like general conversation totally and like there are things that happened in that one session that we had like I remember you saying to me like I really like trust your decisions and I really feel safe if you feel good about something then I feel good about that did I say that you said that that's absolutely true thank you well and like that's something that like I didn't know you felt that way about me and like now it helped me to like trust in my decisions because I'm like oh my team trusts in my decisions so like I question myself less and it's like why are we hiding these things what is the point in like keeping them inside and that's also just like a great general rule for life like something I've been noticing lately is like I often think really nice things about people that I'm with or around or love and then like I just never say them Mm. and so like recently like I was with like my two best friends and we were just like chatting and I don't remember why but I was like 
Oi, like, by the way, guys, like, I think both of you are so beautiful. And they were like, what? Really? And they, like, kind of got uncomfortable. And I was like, yeah, it's funny. Like, I never really tell you and you wouldn't know how, like, beautiful I think you both are. But, like, (laughs) I tell other people that I think you're both gorgeous, but you are. Like, and that's just, like, such a simple thing. Like, what a nice thing to hear. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Because you think all of these really brilliant things about, like, people in your lives and you never tell them. Like, think about how warm and fuzzy all the nice things that you you think would make other people feel it's so true and that's the thing that like in a workplace why should that be any different I feel like traditionally it's like okay well maybe you could say that to your friends but why would you say that in the workplace but it's like if we're working like half of our lives like you know you spend half of your week more than half yeah more for most people what's the point like why are we putting on this brave face it just creates this like work is work mentality. It leaves us unhappy in our jobs. I've actually this year been really trying to rethink my idea of work and going to work because like I love my job and you know I've created this work for myself that I love but I live for holidays like for me I am like (laughs) so happy on holidays but I'm like why do we create this distinction in our minds of like now I am on holiday now I am doing work like whatever it is it should be something that we love doing and we should just be like in it completely Yeah, you're so right. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah, so I just feel like when we come to work and we're creating this like don't be vulnerable here, don't be a human being, you're then creating this distinction between this is work and this is life. But instead, it should all just be one big mush of I'm having the best time. Of your life. Yeah, exactly. And like that's not to say that there aren't really hard times. But same with life, yeah? Like life and work. Yeah, exactly. And there are moments where we're launching a new pop-up and like we work really late hours and things like that. But it's all about balance, right? And so that's even more reason to say, well, we worked until 10 p.m. like a lot of nights when we opened that pop-up. So now like – Why don't you feel comfortable to like leave work at three and just like go hang out with your friends? One more thing that we have recently introduced, and this was actually our cousin Beck who brought it over from a startup that she was working with in the US and she told me about it, is that when doing like a quarterly review with employees, rather than just talking about work goals, we've started to talk to them about personal goals as well. So it was something we introduced in December and we were like, right, well, this is a place where we want you to just feel comfortable to be you. So it's not just about like, what do you want to achieve in work, but what do you want to achieve in life as well? Yeah. And obviously there are no consequences, like if we meet them again and they haven't achieved it, but it's just like a way to be accountable. Exactly. Really nice way to like say your goals out loud so that everyone can kind of, yeah, exactly that. Hold you accountable. So Things like learning a new language or picking up a new skill or going to the gym more. And it's just like nice because I think that we don't really take time to reflect on those things a lot because life gets busy. And if our employees can know that this is a place where they can like hold themselves accountable and they can be forced to think about what do they really want out of life, then again, like it just creates this place where a workplace is more of a life place. Should we rename it a life place? A life place. I love that. Like it's kind of like basically workplaces are just daycare centers for adults, right? They are. They're just places for us to spend our time, right? Exactly. So it might as well be fun and fulfilling and joyful. So it's a life place. And that thing about their personal goals, it also just goes back to like making them feel valued. And again, then that makes them more trustworthy because they feel like their workplace really values them. Mm -hmm. Which we do. We do. We love you guys.
Should we hit them with your story about your advertising friend? Oh, yes, we should. So I have a friend who has a friend who has an advertising agency or works for one or something like that. Anyway, they're a Melbourne-based advertising agency and I think they're called Versa. And I think they went a little bit viral last year because they have introduced a four-day work week. So they have Wednesdays off. It is a company-wide policy. All of their clients know that Wednesdays they are out of the office. I think maybe there's like an emergency hotline or something like that. Advertising emergencies, you know, (laughs) very serious and life-threatening. But actually what they found was that productivity levels increased with one less day of work per week. And I think we know why. It's because we all just sit around pretending to work a lot of the time. Yeah, like they're working eight plus less hours and they're getting more done. Like doesn't that just show you that we should be questioning a nine to five? Like that's such a crazy stat. And I also think there is a theory behind Wednesday being like the most unproductive day of really? the week. which Because I've heard of a few other places, I think probably since Versa have done that, a few other places jumping on and it's something about Wednesdays not being that productive, which is really interesting. I don't know, in the middle of the week. Well, I feel like if you think about like a Monday and how daunting Mondays are and Monday-itis. I actually love Mondays. Oh, do you? They're so busy. No, I don't like them. I like being busy. I don't like them because like the weekend is my happy place and then it's a Monday. But like I feel like on a Monday, imagine if you were just like, now I have two days of work and then you had a weekend again and then you had two days of work and then you had a weekend again. Like I feel like that makes perfect sense. Should we try Wednesdays? Maybe we should try Wednesdays. Maybe we should trial it. I kind of love that idea. Also like What about the fact that people do all of their life admin on the weekend? Guys, weekends are for fun. Yeah. Not for life admin. Oh, my Wednesdays God, Wednesdays yeah. are for life admin. Oh, love oh my it. God. Amazing. So, don't know if that will eventually, but we'll keep you up to date. So, we hope you got a lot out of today's episode, guys. Please, if you did enjoy this episode, rate us five stars in your podcast app. Help us get the word out by sharing this wonderful podcast with your friends and make sure you join us on Facebook. How to Live the Podcast is our Facebook group name and you can join in the conversation and we always share little tips, insights, tricks, hacks and the rest of it. Next week on the podcast, we have the incredible Taria Pitt. She needs no introduction, but in case you want one, Taria is a humanitarian, athlete, motivational speaker, author, and has a pretty incredible personal story having survived a grass fire while running an ultramarathon. Take a listen. I always get asked what the hardest point was, and it wasn't the ultramarathon, it wasn't getting burnt, it was the first time. I had to learn how to stand up, and it was so hard because the enormity of what lay ahead of me just hit me in the face. I couldn't even stand up by myself. Immediately I started wondering, well, how will I walk again? How will I run again? How will I go back to work? How will I compete again? How will I have a family with Michael? And what really saved me at that time was that I had a really big goal in that I wanted to do an Ironman one day. That's next week on the podcast. In the meantime, stay zen and we will be back on your podcast app next week. See ya. Bye.